Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCready, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCready. I'm so proud to share with you my dear friends and partner pastors, Colby and Rachel Hill today, who are sharing in this open table interview about their own deep processes of their life. They came to realize that they did not know him as their father, and they share the great process that God brought them through so that they could know him and make him known to their generation. Take a listen. I think it'll bless you. All right, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk today. I am so ecstatic over not just this month that is my anniversary month for Nancy McCready Ministries, where we've been celebrating our one year and uh, having a great time doing that. But one of the ways that I am celebrating this year of God's faithfulness is bringing on people that I know and that I love, because you know not everybody you know do you love. But today I am bringing on people that I know and people that I love for another open table interview here on the Tent Talk podcast. So today I'm bringing you my dear friends and my partner pastors, Rachel and Colby Hill. You want to say hi to everybody? Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. We're happy to be here. (laughs) Super honored. Yeah, this is so awesome. So um, Rachel and Colby are friends of mine, partner pastors, but probably the greatest honor that I've had in relationship with them is to have had the opportunity to be a mentor in their lives. And so we are connected on a very strong personal level and in ministry and in life. And so I wanted to be able to share them with all of you so that they have the opportunity to be able to share what it is that God has done in their lives over the last many months of their own process of discipleship and what it really takes privately. If Tent Talk is about anything, it is about the conversations that we have to have with God in private, in the secret place where he gets to speak to us and do in us and for us what no human could ever possibly do. And then I'm going to have them share what their hearts are for the church at large and uh, what's going on. So, are you guys ready to start? We're ready. Ready. (laughs) So, tell us a little bit, and y'all are going to just go back and forth between the two of you, of what it's been for you as we've met, as you've been able to walk with me, and I've been able to walk with you, what it is that God's been able to do in your lives, and why was it such a huge shift for you guys personally and privately? You first. Me first. <laughs> you know, uh, first of all, Pastor Nancy, we just want to say that uh, we love you and, and are so eternally grateful for uh, what you've meant in our relationship with God and on our journey and our personal walk with him. And um, But, you know, just for me personally, just the aspect of personal work uh, was that there was an aspect of personal work. Yeah. I mean, it was... Um, I got born again uh, 19 years ago, and it was awesome, radical transformation, salvation. But um, I, I kind of proceeded on from that, and and uh, I didn't know that I was moving on without him. But <laughs> wow. uh, for the next 16 years, I kind of uh, moved on without him. And for me, it was more about the things I was doing for God. Yes. Um, in ministry. So and- very sincere. You were very sincere. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, my oh, heart yeah. was good. Everything was um, real. Everything was sincere, right? But it was always about the next big thing. Yep, come like, on. Uh, the next revelation, <laughs> the next opportunity, the next uh, big event. You know, mm-hmm. if you're in the church world, you know, uh, events are a big deal. And yes. how many people and... Um, and what they say to you after you get finished ministering. Do you oh, like, that's number one. Yeah, you and I are well connected oh, yes. on this. Yeah. You know, the, the amens and the hallelujahs <laughs> and glories. And you feed off of all that. And, and I, I really did not know that um, 
it was all out of self and it was mm. all self-motivated and it was really, I was in the center of uh, most of what I was doing mm. um, until uh, it was 16 years in. Um, so it was three years ago that I just came to a really cold and mm. frustrating place mm. in my walk with God. And yes. and it the, the events weren't doing it for me and the uh, preaching wasn't doing it for me. The next great revelation and the next uh, awesome... Amen. Um, none of that was working anymore for me. And Mm -hmm. it led me to a place to, uh, well, it led me to uh, a deep personal work that you walked with me through and, um, just allowing him just knowing that my being with God, uh, was actually the goal, not my doing for him. (laughs) And so, um, it just, the, the amount of things that God did through that and, and has led me in through that is just, um, uh, it's 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 radically, completely, totally transformed my life yes. and ministry and yes. and um, every my marriage, the way I father, mm-hmm. every aspect of my life is That's totally, right. completely That's right. um, viewed through a different lens. Mm-hmm. Um, if you will. well, and this is where we're all in very good company, you know. And I've encouraged you many times this way: is we're in very good company when we realize that we can have a revelation of Jesus, but we haven't had a revelation of self. Mm-hmm. And that puts us in the company of Peter yes. <laughs> and all the other, you know, great brothers, you know, in the in the scripture is that very real, very sincere, doing what we know to do, living out of what we can see, what we've been exposed to, all of that. Because, I mean, today y'all are associate pastors at a fantastic church. That's a great church that I get the privilege of being uh, a part of. So you've been in ministry all that time working, laboring, focused, giving your time, giving your heart, everything. But this is what I I picked up on when you were talking, you said, but I came to this very cold, cold place. So would you be willing to share just a little bit about what that means for you? Yeah. And, and, you know, I I mean, the work is so real, um, but, but it was a, a really cold place. And, I was uh, at a place where I was just really frustrated that these these things weren't working anymore for me. I didn't know that they weren't working. Mm-hmm. I just knew that something wasn't working. And um, so, you know, I began to kind of almost fantasize about <laughs> doing something different. Like I, I love would, the words that you're using because they're would, so real. <laughs> well, it's really true. There's a, uh, and I know, there's a specific <laughs> insurance office in LaGrange, and I know which one it is. I can see it in my head right now. But, uh, and there's um, nothing against insurance offices or people that sell insurance, but I used to drive by and and would literally almost fantasize about what it would be like just to be out of ministry, doing something, um, not involved with ministry. And, and, um, and I, I knew I was having these feelings and I knew that I was having these frustrations. I was ashamed of it. Yes. I was going to say, what were you feeling in the you know back and forth of I'm longing to get out and then feeling guilty about wanting well, to feeling, be out. So I would try to do something else to try to restoke mm-hmm. the fire. Yes. And uh, there was just I don't know if you've ever tried to start a fire that couldn't be started, but <laughs> there was nothing there. Yes. And yes. Um, well, that's, that's one of the reasons I have the privilege of being your mentor is because I most certainly do know what it's like to end up in a cold, dark place inwardly and it wasn't this place of like deep sin I know. right like i know i, I wasn't um doing all the bad behaviors like people were still extremely impressed with my holiness um <laughs> probably nobody else really knew that it was even going that's on with right you. yeah it was really an internal struggle that i was having <clears throat> but it was um i was upset at the time that it was happening but it was the thing that led me to Yes. Um, this, the beginning of a awesome, great work of God in that's my life. That's correct. Well, and that's why the focus really is not on sin. You said it was on self. Mm-hmm. That you may not have had the words to put to it, and it's not about all the semantics, but it's about understanding that when it's going on so deeply and so internally that maybe only Rachel knew there was things going on. Maybe there were even things Rachel wasn't aware of things you were just coming into understanding, but that God was really leading you 
it, that it's not about, this is where we always say, you know, failure works for us mm-hmm. is because as things are falling apart, that's part of what disintegration means. It means I'm falling to pieces. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that that could actually be a good thing. Okay. But we have to have somebody that can tell us that this is a good thing and that don't just overcompensate. Don't just try to stoke your own fire, you know, that kind of thing. So it, it, it reminds me of <laughs> my first meeting that I had with you. Um, and we weren't, we knew each other. Mm-hmm. We had never been, uh, I guess, aside from high and by uh, connected. But the first meeting I had with you, you told me, I, I've, I expressed my frustrations and some of my uh, feelings that I've really never shared with anybody. And I was expecting you to say, you know, come on, man, you, mm-hmm. you're better than this. You've been 16 years. You've been, you ought to, you know, but you just told me, or, or I thought maybe you would say, uh, you know, shame or what, I don't know what it was that I was expecting, but you, you like smiled and you did your <laughs> chuckle laugh thing that you did that. You did that. And, uh, and you told me that I was in a great work of God. And I thought that what I was going through was anything That's but a correct. great work of God. That's correct. And to have the privilege of being able to say that to somebody who is obviously called to the Lord, who obviously has great measure on your life, you both do, you and Rachel both, to be able to help somebody make the transition, you know, (laughs) across the rainbow bridge, whatever we want to call it, you know, is to be able to, (laughs) to be able to say, well, actually what is happening, you know, and to, to watch your face, because I can remember that, that first meeting too, which was how many, three years or so ago? Probably three and a half years yeah. ago. That you began to realize, wait a minute, you mean this could be more God mm-hmm. than the devil? This could be more God than just my own personal failure? And what a, you know, how could I be in the ministry and not be, you know, on fire and passionate every moment? Yeah. And I'm sitting there looking at you like, well, I can actually tell you exactly mm-hmm. what that is. Not because this is some programmed response, but understanding, well, all the great men, and I may have even said this to you, all the great saints in the Bible actually went the same way that you're going, those that are going to actually disintegrate in the sense that that which is not of God begins to fall apart so that the real you that is is of him can begin to emerge, you know, more and more. So, I mean, this is why I wanted you guys both here, because if people could begin to hear kind of what are the beginning uh, pangs of of this you know process that they too could maybe begin to identify that what the world and even sometimes the 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 ladder of success within the church mm-hmm. is that you're doing better and better mm-hmm. and better rather than well actually while I'm doing fine outwardly internally there there's a whole another process going on and none of that is satisfying and it doesn't get worked out through preaching That's um, it doesn't get worked out through any of the things that I was doing mm. um, it got worked out through finally sitting down and taking time and having somebody who knew something that I didn't mm. um, hold my hand and, and walk with me through that process That's so correct. Um, yes I tried to preach through it yes <laughs> And you said you are such an awesome preacher that, man, it's like spitfire coming because the more intense that we're struggling inwardly, sometimes the more intensely we we preach because we think, man, that's going to be it, you know, mm-hmm. just going to keep plowing through, you know, and then we're like, this this plowing thing is not, I remember, it's not working. Uh, one time I went home and told Rachel, I was like, I feel like the more frustrated I become, the louder I get. Like, I was, I was screaming louder, but it was less. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's like the more frustration we have inwardly, it's like, I am going to knock some heads today when I'm up here preaching. I'm just going after it and let, we get done. We're like, I don't think that's going to work. There's something else going on. And, and the fact that you began to hear that this might be something that, God himself, the Father himself, is drawing you to him, that this is more him than it is anything else. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So this is where you and I um, began to have some conversations 
Um, and you began to hear from God personally. It was not a program. Mm-hmm. It was not, you know, uh, something that I just said, now let's just, you know, three steps to a better life or uh, any of that, that this was something that is a process where discipleship and really what does it mean to be a follower of him, yeah. that you began to step into that. Absolutely. Yeah. So what was one thing that you, if you were going to hone in, because we're going to give Rachel a chance, you know, because Rachel, went, let me tell you, when Rachel leans towards this microphone, something about to happen. I'm telling you, <laughs> look at him. It's so, going to be so awesome. It's on. It's on then. All right. So, but if there was one uh, shifting point, one thing because I know there are things that I could say about the time we spent together in the mentoring process, all of that. But if there was one thing that began to hinge, this one belief, um, this one thing that, that began to really shift within you, what, what do you think that might have been? Only one? Um. <laughs> because of the self-awareness. Because self-awareness comes. There's an old saying that says, self-revelation precedes divine revelation. I mean, you got to know that you need what God's getting ready to do. And was there a so particular I would say thing? The, the, the first major turning point, um, and I, I would it, I call it like one of my great days of great devastation. Because yes. at the time... I've, I've was so, so, so devastated Yes, was whenever I realized by the words that came out of my own mouth, like I was able to hear myself, like yes. God, the Holy Spirit just allowed me to hear the truth. Yes. Um, very was, key. Very key. Was, uh, I had several conditions like whenever I first started the process, I was willing to go with God as long as, mm he met some of these mm. as long as we had an agreement of, and you know, my testimony, I was, uh, yes. I've, I've been healed of cancer. But and tell them what cancer mesothelioma. I was given no chance to live uh, at the age of 29. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, very traumatic event in my life. And I'm super, I was super excited to be moving forward from that. But also, like, I needed an, an assurance from God that I wasn't going to get cancer again. Right. There to was, go with God yes. was not going to mean I die, something happens to my children. Yes. So, yes. like, I am, but whenever I began to say those things, I actually saw that I believed that mm. if I went with him, mm. that these bad things were going to happen. Yes. And, yeah. and that belief had to get exposed. This is why I love the processing that goes on in real true discipleship is you, there were things you needed to hear mm-hmm. f- from you that were in you. It wasn't just, I'm going to teach you. My no, mentor he, is going to teach me things. You were hearing something that God needed you to hear that was going on inside of you. Yeah. And, and so as I began to voice those things, yes. I heard them. And then you got out a piece of paper and you signed it and you said, here's, you know, are, are, no, are you willing, you did an X in a signature line mm-hmm. and you said, here's God's agreement with you. Are you willing to go with him? Right. And what did I write on the page? Was there anything written on the page? Nothing. Nothing. No, it was a blank sheet because of paper. Because I was handing to you the same thing God did with me. Was Nancy here, sign the bottom of this and I'll fill it in as we go. Yeah. And in that meeting, I, I said, no, I'm not willing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had a lived in deep fear that my children, that something was going to happen to yes. my children and something that happened to my wife. Yes. Um, and that I was going to get cancer and die. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I needed those guarantees. And then it, it, it's like I just all realized in those moments that I actually didn't trust God the mm-hmm. way I had taught many people to trust yes. God. Yes. And, and when it really came down to it, I really didn't even like him very much mm. because mm. the mm. underlying belief was is that he was not good. Right. And, and that he's not really for me, he but he wants not, me to work for exactly. him. And so mm. when and then I realized that I was a complete and total hypocrite, or if you will, in that moment and and because I had, you know, with all my heart led people to try to believe these truths that I actually did not believe um, deep down beneath Mm -hmm. the layers of Mm -hmm. uh, churchiness. Yes. So, and would you say that God created an atmosphere in that process that you had the freedom to be able to talk about such things that, and yet your faith 
your, your real faith in him was not questioned, but that it was a part of the process. Did you have, was there an atmosphere? Because I want to be very clear that God creates this atmosphere. Yes. I have the privilege of it happening as I work with people, but he creates an atmosphere that basically is like, now, Colby, I know what's in there. Yes. And I, but I need you to know what's in there. Yeah. So was there an atmosphere of safety in that process? Oh, it was... An atmosphere of, oh my gosh, I'm getting ready to say stuff and like, what's going to happen? You yeah, know? And, and you know, my flesh would, I mean, it, it was, I felt shame. I felt all these different things, but I never felt that from him. Mm-hmm. I never felt that from you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like I said, what I felt so devastated about was was actually these moments of, total and complete freedom and revelation and, and experiencing him in ways that I never had before. That's right. That's and right. so, yes, it was. Uh, well, because this is a part of the disintegration, if you will, is that there has to be a disillusionment about ourselves and about self mm-hmm. because self has a bad attitude towards God mm-hmm. and self isn't for God. Yeah. That's what he was doing. He was showing me, Hey, this thing that you've been leaning on and relying on and, mm, tell and, it. and nursing. Uh, we're from... going to stop right now and take an offering. Excuse me. <laughs> Go on. Pastor Colby. Tell so, it. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> it, it didn't work and it was a call for mm-hmm. me to come to him. That's correct. Um, and so he was sifting and separating within to show you that self is something separate from you. Yes. Because you really... Because I don't know how many times I would say, you know, I feel like this. And you would say, now who feels like that? <laughs> and it would it was actually irritating yes. at times. But, you know, but it took it took months and still now even staying with that. Like, that's not me. That's you correct. Know? Like, it's in us, but it's not of it us any longer. And if we do not see this... And this doesn't start happening more in mass within the church. This is why there can be the great falling away. This is why people end up, again, nothing against selling insurance. You know, there's a lot of great people out there selling insurance. But if you're not called to sell insurance, Mm -hmm. okay, but that you would start fantasizing, because I loved it when you used this word. I just loved it when you used this word, because it's like, I am kind of plotting my escape. (laughs) (laughs) You know, And, and it's becoming, because... You know what? That's how people actually end up falling away is it does start with something like that. Yeah. It starts with a thought and, and we think, no, 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 I would never do that. But wait a minute, when the pressure gets enough, I might be just like, I'm out of here. When the bitterness gets enough or the, the unfulfilled expectations in ministry or whatever it may be. But when God himself begins to say, hey, son, hey, Colby, yeah. is, is there's something I'm doing in you, the same as I had to do in Peter. Because mm-hmm. Peter had a revelation of Jesus, but he did not have a revelation of the self life in him. But Jesus did. And Jesus said, now, Peter, there's going to be some things that are going to have to happen. Because if you're ever going to walk in your destiny with me, this has to happen. Yeah. It's not because you've been bad and because you know you're not really sincere. No, it's part of the growth process. And every person that ever really truly goes on with him eventually this has to happen in its initial punch, the initial work of it, and then you learn because I love that you just said, you know, and I'm learning to stay with this, you know, in this that it's an ongoing work of don't ever start owning the self-life as the real you, Mm-mm. even as you continue you know, to grow up and mature, because we're all still in that. Yes. And this is the power of, of telling it. This is the power of the body of Christ, being who we really are meant to be to each other. Because guess what? I had to see all of this in myself, or I could never be a part of passing this work on, and so I don't help people who have trouble. You heard me say this because I, I had trouble and I caused a lot of trouble. Then I get the opportunity to be able to pass on life to others that God gets ready. Yeah. And if ever I've seen anybody ready, it's the two of y'all. I mean, I could see it coming, you know, before y'all really even wanted to talk to me or know me or anything. <laughs> <laughs> because you're like, what? Why, why is Pastor Nancy around all the time? That was back when I was Pastor Nancy. Now I'm just Nancy. You know nice. what I'm saying. So, oh, we still call you Pastor. I know, that'll, that'll I know, I know. A, <laughs> take a minute. Right. But see, the, to know that that the timing of God is so key. The mm-hmm. timing of God 
that is this for God's purposes? This isn't for the promotion of some program or some this or that. No, the timing of God when he says, now is the time I've come for my sons. I've come for them. And, and watching that deep work of the cross, that deep work of the Father, you know, by the person of Holy Spirit, you know, they're all involved. They're all focused on you and, and really bringing you more and more to, to them. You know, I mean, this is like seeing that happen and watching that happen and knowing that that's what this is, that it's a necessary part of the growth process. It's not just, oh, you've done something bad. You have failed. And now we need to try to, you know, Mm -hmm. prop you up. So I'm a big proponent in the body of Christ that when stuff that's not of God starts falling, let's let it fall. Mm -hmm. We don't want to spend. Do you want to spend your whole no. energy in the ministry helping prop things up that God's like, guys, I went to an awful lot of trouble to let that stuff fall. Let it go, yes. you know? All right, so now, Rachel, let's. can we just shift our attention a little bit here, uh, Colby, to I Rachel? I love to shift my attention to her. <laughs> I love it, too, because of the timing and the way that God did this. So, all right, so here we go. Come on, Rachel, just tell us about how God has been doing this work in you. What do you want to share with us? Um, yes, I'm, I'm happy and excited to share. Um, you know, I think the first uh, way that God actually started um, just doing this work in me on what he's been doing is through Colby. Um, me watching him um, over those couple of years that he was going through this wow. process and seeing this change in him and just thinking, wow, like I, I wanted to know more about that. Mm. And, um, you know, I think part of the reason why I thought, um, initially that I didn't need to go through a process like this or meet with someone or go through mentoring, uh, was because I was raised in a Christian home. I never did any bad things. Uh, like to the world standards. And so I thought, I don't, there's nothing to talk about. There's nowhere, (laughs) you know, there's... We're about to pass the offering plate again. (laughs) This is going to be some good preaching. Anyway, and so, but I found myself, after I watched Colby growing and changing into this literally completely different person, um, I found myself um, being able to recognize that I was in a cycle Um, God was starting to Mm. show me that I was just kind of, um, if you just think of a circle and like a hamster just going around its wheel, Mm. that was kind of me. And um, I would just feel myself and hear myself. I'd be doing good and everything's fine. And then it would be back Mm. to the bottom and, Mm. you know, everything's not fine. Same like Colby. What am I even doing? Yes. Um, What's my purpose? And it wasn't because Colby's coming home over that two-year period and saying, hey, you need to do this. You need to get... He didn't really share too much, did he? I only did that one time. Yeah. And and regretted it. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he really was not like that at all. No, I did not get that um, from him. Like, you need to do this. I actually have a big memory um, of him going to the cross encounter. And um, I was discouraging. I was like, why do you need to go to that? Why do you need to spend the night? Mm. And especially when he went the second time. I was like, you already went to that. Why are you going again? Mm. You don't need to... Sp-. You know, I I was not encouraging mm-hmm. him, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't mad about it. He would come home sometimes and say things to me that God was sharing with him mm-hmm. that he was very excited about. And um, I remember specifically saying to him, um, yeah, but how's that going to help me with my everyday life? Like, I just totally shut him down. And so I think after that, he kind of didn't, you know, didn't share too much. I was like, you know, this is definitely going to be a personal work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but that's so key because timing is so important because until a person sees their need for Mm -hmm. what God is doing... And we do this all the time in the church, all of us, preachers, teachers, everything. Sometimes we're feeding people stuff they have no appetite for. So they go, oh, that was a great teaching. Thank you for sharing that. You're an awesome teacher. You're like, well, that's not why I taught it, you know. And so you realize, you, you, you share the word, 
But until a person sees their personal need, not for a program, not for a particular thing, but for what God is wanting to do in them. So this is what started happening for you, Rachel. Yeah, and like talking about timing, it's so, um, it's everything. Timing is so important because yes. it's it's when am I done, when is my stuff not working anymore? So, mm. you know, mm. the fact that I was a good person and, you know, didn't have the type of testimony that many people have, just that wasn't work. Just all of my things, my mm-hmm. things in my flesh were not working anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, so um, all your goodness. Yes. Yeah. was failing you. Yes. <laughs> and so, um, I also, you know, started the mentoring process and shortly into the process, um, I attended the cross encounter. Mm. Um, and we do have one coming up, you know, so let me just say, October 24th through 26th. You can visit nancymccready.com for information. Go ahead, Rachel. And you will not regret it. It's a life-changing <laughs> life-changing experience. I think I've been three times now. Mm. So um, anyway, I went to the Cross Encounter, and I the Holy Spirit started speaking to me through you. Um, and the, the first thing that, and the only word I can think of to you, I try to real quick use my own mental thesaurus to think of a better <laughs> word, but um, the word devastated mm. is mm. such a good word. word. <laughs> it's, it's so good. But like This that's... is when I wish we were on video, my <laughs> friend, so that y'all could see them together. <laughs> it's such a good word, but, and it mm. sounds negative, but it's oh, not. I but this. I was completely devastated at Cross Encounter. And some of the the first truths that God began to show me were the fact that I have needs Mm. and their needs that he placed on the inside of me. So being needy is not a bad thing. Um, Mm. I am needy. My (laughs) needs are very deep. And, um, when I, you know, it's like all of these things I felt like I had heard before in my life, but on that night, I guess it was timing because That's I correct. was done. All my stuff wasn't working. And, um, I, you know, I realized that I had been meet all of those deep needs that I had. I had been striving and as you would say, clawing <laughs> to meet my mm. own needs mm. my entire life. So, you know, I was 35 years old and I just, I thought that I had been doing the Christian life, like mm. what God had planned for me. And, um, and I'm grateful for what he had done for That's me up correct. until that point, because all those things led me to that point. That's correct. So I'm not ashamed of that. Mm-hmm. I, I think initially I was, mm. but I'm not, um, I'm thankful for that because it's led me to today. But at that cross encounter, um, I realized that I'd been meeting my own needs. I realized that I was very strong in myself. Mm. I was a very strong person. Like I'm going to get this done. And that, um, God wanted to meet those needs and my needs were very deep. And the cool thing about God is that he is as deep as my needs are. And that just completely changed me. But I think what devastated me on that night, I mean, I couldn't even pick my head up off the table. I remember. I just, I remember putting my head down. You were sitting right in front of me and I was teaching and I could see there was something happening far beyond the taught word. Yeah. There's something that was happening because of what Holy Spirit was doing. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com. And I think part of that um, devastation, too, was that subconsciously all my life, I thought that Christianity was a destination. It was somewhere that once you become born again, like you've arrived there. And so... Like from then on, you just need to be a good person mm. and, and keep doing all the good things. And so if you make a mistake or you sin or, you know, whatever it is that you do that's considered wrong, then you're not at that destination anymore. So I felt a lot of shame in my life because, um, you know, if I messed up, then I didn't want anyone to know because I wasn't at the destination anymore. Mm. But on that night, um, God started showing me that this is a journey. Yes. You know, it's it's day by day, little by little, moment by moment. Mm. And along the journey, I'm going to continue making mistakes, but um, I just want to stay with Him. That's like, correct. Like moment by moment. Yeah, because mm. He becomes the whole motivation, if you will, to yeah. make the trip. 
Yeah. I mean, the whole point is to be with him. So he's, he's, you know, he's the, the whole goal, you know, in everything. And, and I just want to step back up because I stepped back a little bit because I, I heard what I said a minute ago that it wasn't just the taught word, you know, it was the work of Holy Spirit, but it's really when the taught word and Holy Spirit come together. Yeah. I don't want to make it sound like we're tossing out the word. <laughs> right. And so that it was the word and the Holy Spirit working together. Yeah. Inside of you, bringing about such an unbelievable positive devastation uh, that's what it is yeah. it's, a, it's a it's a breaking down of the old that's necessary so that you could begin to know him and stay with him another really big thing like just about needs um that god showed me on that night and just or really i should say like started to show me because mm. like then it was a whole unfolding of little by little understanding um what he you know is teaching me still every day but um in the past i had always believed that the more you the longer you've been a christian the less the less you need god mm. so you know if you've been saved for 20 years then you you need to have this down like you've got this the more the longer you've been saved like the less you need god and so um i you know i realized that the the more I've been born again, the more I'm a believer, the more I need him. Yes. And so now I like every day I'm, you know, used to, I didn't want to come to God because I did feel ashamed mm -hmm. if, if I needed something and like, I, I should already know yeah. this. And well, I really didn't know him at all because mm. I, I felt like if I hadn't prayed enough or I hadn't read my Bible that day that I didn't even need to come to him because he didn't want to hear from me. Mm -hmm. And so those are just, those are things that maybe I wouldn't have said aloud, but they shaped me yes. as a Christian. And those were things, that's how I thought mm -hmm. God felt about me. Yes. Um, and so, uh, you know, I mean, just, I think the both of you, this, this, this willingness to share that the two of you together, you're in ministry, all of that, but both of you realizing, I don't know him. Mm -hmm. I work for him. Mm -hmm. I know things, you know, but you began to realize, see, because what that means is that that's not a condemnation. That was him letting you know, I want you to know me more and I want to be with you. Yeah, It's not a performance thing of, hey, you don't know me and you should know me. It's, I want you. He's come for you in this process. And he was calling you to himself. Yeah. That is so, so powerful. And your, your willingness to be transparent and to say that, you see, is a part of what opens up to our people that are listening today, is that they're hearing, oh, that's what that really is. It's not a, hey, you don't know me and you haven't been doing what you're supposed to do. It's God himself saying, hey, I want more with you yeah. and, and, and for us to be together. Yeah. So powerful. And, um, you know, like Colby was saying about realizing that he didn't like trust God. I, um, I felt that some of that same stuff that he said, you know, another reason why I didn't want to pray, um, was because I didn't want God to even notice me because mm -hmm. I thought same stuff that Colby said, like, I didn't want to pray for anything because I thought, well, maybe he'll get cancer. Like, I don't want to act. If everything's going okay, I don't want to pray because if God notices me, then bad things are going to happen. Mm. Like, that's how I saw my yes. father. Yes. And um, and that's wow. not who my father is. Mm. So, um, yes, I'd say just learning who he is that's and right. what he really wants for me mm. is completely different than what I had believed for my whole life. Yeah. So, I mean, this is real discipleship or this is a missing depth of discipleship is that discipleship is sonship. It's about we follow Jesus so that we learn to live as sons mm -hmm. to our father. So he has to show that what we've thought of him, how we're relating to him, everything is based on something that's actually born of self. Yeah. And when self is in the mix, there's always performance. There's always you got to deserve, you've got to mm -hmm. earn. It's this, you know, all the, and the father's like, mm, none of that is of me. First John 2.16 says the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. These are not of the father. Yeah. And it clearly begins to make certain that we understand that 
sinning isn't really even just about behavior and all that. It's about living independent of him. And I loved what you said earlier, Rachel, when you were intimating towards the fact that you began to realize that really maturing really is being more dependent upon yeah. him, yes. not showing him how strong you are, right? you know, and how good I'm doing. And I don't really need <laughs> you, but I'll call you if I do, you know, but you began to realize, wow, this is like the complete opposite of that is that maturing in the kingdom of God is I'm growing more and more dependent upon him every day. The abiding oneness with him. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. Um, yes, that's definitely um, been a big, a big, huge change um, for me. Um, and basically, when I, also when I went to Cross Encounter and, in, and throughout um, mentoring, one of the things that I've said before is that I woke up. I even, it's written in my journal. I, I was reading over <laughs> it last night. After the first time I went to Cross Encounter, I said, I woke up at Cross Encounter. And I don't want to act like everything happened at Cross Encounter. I mean, then there was like a process after that yes. Um, yes. of what God continued to do in me. And I also wanted to say to that, um, even at home, like whenever you allow the Holy Spirit to open you up in this work, like I would come and talk with you and I would listen to sermons and read uh, things, which were all like getting me open to God. Mm -hmm. But like, then I would literally be at home or in my car or somewhere. And it still happens today, reading my Bible and God just shows me something about me, you know, and, and I know it's him because it's not a thought that I would have ever had. Mm. Um, but whenever you allow him to do this personal thing in you, he just starts showing you more and more. And what I'm trying to say is it doesn't have to be, yes, in a room one-on-one -on -one is yes. awesome and that can get it started. But he can speak to you or show you things about yourself wherever. That's and right. these things were life-changing, yes. you know, for me. That's right, because it's not about uh, becoming more dependent on another person. Yeah. It is a it, the people that saved my life and this process that you've experienced is that it's where we're walking with people who are leading us to a greater dependency upon him. He's with you 350, 365, you know, 24 seven on the, but that's the whole crux is that it's you and him because that's what his heart has always wanted. Yeah. Like you would go, you would be going out of town. Like, let's say you were going to Poland for mm -hmm. however long, four mm -hmm. weeks or six weeks. And I'd be like, Oh man, I wonder what's going to be going on with my process. Like what's going to happen. And it would it, it is comical because God would just show me stuff and I'm like, okay, Pastor Nancy doesn't have to, to tell me this stuff. Like God actually wants to show me stuff. That's correct. You know, and yes, so yes. that was a really special thing for me to yes. realize, wow, you know, you can do this just in my home, literally in my dining room. I mean, I have certain things that like I can close my eyes and I'm right in that spot. And I remember what God right. spoke to me or showed me about myself. I'm not necessarily talking about this audible voice, but just something where sometimes you talk about a something like a sword. I don't, there's a scripture that you use that talks about it cuts between soul and spirit or something. Hebrews 4.12. The yeah. word of God cuts and divides. Mm -hmm. Yes. And like that has happened that to me correct. many times where I'm just like, Oh, I see it now. <laughs> and right. as, as I've said before about cross encounter, and this was my comment to you when we were outside, I remember by the cross after we yes. had the outside time is that I felt like I had been seeing in black and white and now I was seeing in color. It was like mm -hmm. everything I thought Christianity was or that God was, was black and white. Mm -hmm. And now I was seeing, oh, this is what you really yeah. This is what it's really all about. Right. And that was not a destination. That was just the beginning mm. of what God is continuing to take that me on. That is correct. That's correct. So powerful. And they have just been touching the surface, my friends, of all that it is that God has done. But these are such core elements of the necessary work that Holy Spirit comes to do in us. And and so I want to, in our time remaining, I want to give you guys the opportunity. You have so wonderfully stated this, this opening up that God has done in you deeply and personally. 
And what is your heart now that you've entered in for yourself? What is your heart for the church, the, the body of Christ that, that what do you see as her need and, and what do you long for her to know, to experience what, however you want to state it as we shift, because you can't enter in personally and it not affect you corporately mm-hmm. is that what, what do you see? You know, your, your pastors, your associate pastors, you know, God, God uses you and all of that is well and good, but what is it that you sense in the coming days that uh, you see as the need for the church and what you long for her to know? You know, it's funny because God's been doing this work in, in us and, and I am hearing it more and more uh, through the things that I'm, I'm it's just so confirming in me because I, I, it's not just you that I hear um, talking about this. Like I hear uh, pastors and teachers and uh, that they're, it's it's more a call to him. That's right. Then there's a, a groundswell that's really. I, I really I, I'm I'm I hearing it. it more and more and more um, everywhere I go and and so, but for me having to gone through this work and knowing what it took for me, um, I, I just believe that God is calling the church um, to a deep personal place with Him. Yes. And and I'm a preacher. I love to preach, and I've even struggled with. Um, well, what's the point of preaching? And but I know that there's a, a, I mean, obviously a huge part in preaching. But I think a shift in preaching, um, a, a preaching that is pointing people to to him, to us, not not to a res, in, in re, I'm not saying response and service is bad, but to a deeper work in a process. Um, that he wants to do it, but I, th- I think in order for that to happen, then there has to be something set up for uh, for for that for people to be able to go through this personal work. Yes. And, and uh, so I think he's raising up um, people that are willing to sit down and go the long haul with yes. people, and and uh, and not have the masses, but um, you know, have the one or the two or the mm-hmm. and and you know, so. F- it's changed the way I preach. Mm. Um, you know, it's changed. It used to be all about the response in the moment. How yes. many people can we get to the altar? How many people? Mm. But um, my life has been changed in an altar. and But my life has been changed uh, also uh, Monday through Friday, you know, at a, <laughs> allowing God to walk with That's me right. daily and moment by moment. Yes. And, uh, and so I was driving through... Um, Dallas a while back and we were we were uh I was stopped in traffic and I looked up it was the kind of traffic where you stop like where people are getting out of the car and stuff like it was stopped (laughs) and I looked up and there was this Dairy Queen billboard um and it was like the belt buster with cheese and bacon (laughs) and the french fries and the blizzard and the coke and I saw that and it said I mean it looked amazing and it was like, if you'll just exit, you know, exit 206, uh, then you, you know, can partake of this glory. And, <laughs> and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, that's the way I want your preaching to be. Mm. Um, mm, mm. You know, I, if it has to be preaching that points to a process. That's right. Um, a personal work that people are, are willing to go through with him, mm. um, not just preaching to preach. That's so right. I think... I think that there's a shift in the, the word that's coming forth in the body of Christ. I agree. And and that there are pastors and leaders, just like I love partnering with you guys and believe that there will be many others, that they don't just preach it. Because you've entered in for yourself, you and Rachel both, that you want there to be when the lights go off and everything is done, is there a way for people to literally walk into the process that can mature and really grow the church, you know, because they belong to him, right? That it's not just, hey, I hope you can find this somewhere. Mm -hmm. But to take the time to say there is a way to your unique culture at your church, according to the vision that God has given you, there's no cookie cutter method necessarily, but, but that there is a way that when the product is sold and the lights are off and everybody's gone to lunch, everything's done, is, there, is this really our way of life? Do we really live this way? 
And are we making it possible for others to be able to enter into that so that you can go on and fulfill whatever the assignment is on a particular church and have people of stamina, people of dependency, you know, that they can really be living this way. And uh, so to me, that's a huge, I love hearing that come from you. Let me just say it that way. I love hearing that that's what you would want to share today because to me, um, and this groundswell that there is a word starting to come yeah. from the public pulpit that is encouraging the deep private work that needs to happen. And Rachel, for you, what would you I agree share? With, um, with all of that. And also, just one of the reasons that I feel like one of the, or the biggest need or one of the biggest needs in the church is um, true discipleship is because... Um, like some, uh, the fact that like our past is affecting our right now, mm-hmm. if, you know, if we haven't dealt with it and been able to walk through some of the things um, that have gone on in our past. And for someone like me, that was a really hard thing to understand or even think I needed to deal with because um, I didn't really think I had a past or anything that needed to be talked about. But um, after I had the opportunity to sit down with you and, mm-hmm. and just have my eyes opened by the Holy Spirit that all of us have a past because we were all born apart from God. And that's Mm. what the real trauma is. And Mm. so people like me who feel like, oh, I don't have anything, you know, I I didn't have all of this sordid stories and there's nothing really for me to share in a testimony um, like that. But we all have the same problem and that's being born separated from Christ. And so I think it's important for people to learn that truth that your past is affecting you right now, Mm -hmm. whether you had the worst childhood or what people perceive as the best childhood. Mm -hmm. So true discipleship, I would say, um, teaching, teaching the church and others, as I was saying earlier, like who God really is and who I really am. People need to know that because you can't walk in who you really are if you don't know who you really are. So if I think that I am my flesh and you know the the actions today, then that's who I think I am. That's not who I am, Mm, you know. That's right. Um, And then I would just say finally that like the biggest thing in the church is real, uh, just being taught what real Christianity is, not what's portrayed. Mm. Because we get so caught up in what people, I know Colby and I, um, that's something that we have and are working through is that God's not looking for what everybody is accepting, what looks good to everybody. Or, you know, I didn't want anyone to know when I started mentoring, I was like, you can't tell anyone anything that I tell you like ever. And I don't want anyone to know. I'm like, yes, yes, ma'am. But now it's just so funny. And I know I've told you this, but I'm like telling everybody, like I I have issues. Like, you know, and, and I want everybody to know. because I, I know, and now we're on the podcast telling everybody, you know. But this is a part of. It is. Is that we've got to pass this on, as we all had the same trouble, and now we can pass this life on. You know, after seeing what God's done in Rachel <laughs> and knowing her, um, there's this, I feel like she's the poster child for this <laughs> forgotten group of people mm. in the church. And it's, it's, uh, it's these people that... Cause, cause like I say that I don't want my kids to, um, do drugs and drink beer and have sex out of marriage and right. But like, if they don't, then like, there's this forgotten group of people in the church. Like what message do we have for them? Because I was celebrated when I quit doing drugs and drinking and running around. Like, I mean, the people clapped for me for years Mm. and there was a place for me, but what, what, what gospel is there for our children that don't do the bad behaviors, you know? (laughs) Well, it's like when we go from evil to good and now we're in our good and everything is good. And then we find out, Oh, wait a minute. That was all in the same tree. Yeah, (laughs) It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Oh, you mean there's a tree of life? Yes. Do we want our children to know him as life? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is why when I look at you guys, as we get ready to close out today, is that I look at you guys and I think, God, you have truly, truly put your gospel in such an experiential way, and you've secured it now in the next generation. When I look at Rachel and Colby Hill, I'm thinking, my work is done. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can Because it's secure in the next generation. Because this is what God looks for, are those sons in every generation 
that will be a succession of his wisdom and of his work, not the newest cultural fad that's come down Mm -hmm. the way, you know, but his way of calling people to him and not settling for being good because what you have both found out is good can get as bitter Mm -hmm. as evil. Good gets as frustrated. Mm -hmm. Good gets, you know, into pride and thinks, oh, I'm not like these people Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. But I love that what you both found out is good will never satisfy the heart that God put within you, the life that he put within you. That life was pressing through, you know, to break through. And But the old and the good had to disintegrate. Yes. And when you realize, wait a minute, this is God. This is my father that's come for me. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to set me free. And I need to learn how to cooperate with him. And that's what discipleship is meant to be is to bring us to him that we will live as who he meant for us to be not just oh yes i've had all my issues addressed and yes i'm i'm a very well-rounded you know well-adjusted person <laughs> i'm of the belief that well-adjusted people are the most traumatized because i have to ask them well what are you well-adjusted to mm-hmm. you've adjusted well to being separate from him yeah to living the best that you can produce and to me that's a horror you know, to me, that's like, oh, we've got a lot of work, you know, left to do. But looking at you guys and knowing, as as Rachel Wells said, the work does not depend on me. <laughs> I love this part. Yeah, Nancy, you can go away. And guess what? God was still actively working inside that of me. me. It is amazing because this work does not promote dependency upon another person. But I think it does bring, just like I honor those that discipled me and I appreciate that y'all honor me, that's that's awesome, but that we begin to have a true respect for the body of Christ, who she is, who we are to each other. And it does matter how we pass on this life, you know, to other people. And, uh, but the work is Christ in you. Yes. What God is doing in you. So I have great, hope for the future when I look at y'all. I have a great um, sense of, of destiny, of that when God brings us together in his timings, that it is for what it is that he is doing. But I never lose sight of the fact that God loves each one of us personally, mm-hmm. and he came for us personally. He wants us to know him. He wants everything to come out of what the old saints would say, the hive, the center of our life is our oneness with him. This is what Jesus prayed in John 17, Father, that they would be one with you just like I've been one with you. And when we have conversations with God and with each other under the big tent of his presence, right, there is nothing that God cannot do. Did you have something else? I just else? wanted to read this scripture because it's, oh, it's just, it's, it's Romans <laughs> 5 out of the Message Bible because this is what he's doing in us uh, even right now. It says, by entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us. Mm set us right with him, make us fit for him. We have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. And that's not all. We throw open our doors to God and discover at the same moment that he has already thrown open his door to us. (laughs) We find ourselves standing where we always hoped we might stand, out in wide open spaces of God's grace and glory, standing tall and shouting our praise. And so I just, it's what he's always wanted. That's right. Uh, us. He's always right. wanted me. And, That's correct. And so I just, I love it. Yes. And I'm glad I know. Yes. And the reciprocal work of he wanted us and now we get to stand out there in the wide open yes. space and the big life and praise him. And it's real and it's, and it's born of him and that it is what he wants, not just with us or a few, but with all oh. And that if we'll just go for our corner of the market, you know, like, God, where have you put me? What's my assignment? And now it's that every preaching, everything, whatever it may be, being at home, all of that is that this is the real life. And it's this one life that I have. It's the life of Christ in me. And I can live as who I was made to be. Oh, so, so good. Yes, please. And can I just say, we just, we love you so much. And we are so, so like eternally grateful that God brought you to us, us to you, however he did it. Like we are just, 
And, and like you said earlier, the things we've said today, even you were saying scratch the surface for the future, but it really doesn't even scratch the surface for the things that we, God revealed to us through you and through the Holy Spirit over the last years. Like we are different people and we're just very grateful to you and just, we do honor you and thank you so much for Absolutely. the time you've spent and for what you're doing that every day, like on Facebook live, you're getting this out there and you know, we just want the world to know yes. um, this message. Well, and together, this is what I love laboring together, yeah. laboring truly, you know, ministry, all of that. And I'm using quotes. They can't see me. I think they can see me, <laughs> but they can't see me, you know, but that this is that we are in this together yeah. and that that's by God's design. And uh, so I'm so honored. And this is why I wanted to have you guys here today. So I hope all of you that have been listening with us and with Rachel and Colby Hill straight out of LaGrange, Texas, sitting here with me in my office here in Sealy, Texas, that this is going to places around the world that people can begin to hear what God is doing, what he wants to do, what he's always planned to do. And it's to bring us to him and then he'll send us out. So thanks so much for being with us today on Tent Talk and share this and help us to get this message out. And I look forward to being with you the next time. So thanks so much, Colby and Rachel Hill, for being on Tent Talk today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. All right. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. You've been listening to Tent Talk the podcast with Nancy McCready. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccready.com or follow her on social media at nbmccready.com.